Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a new kind of podcast where we have real deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are all ahead of their time and worthy of yours. In life, it all comes down to building powerful and long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. We all see the highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, so I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it out, how they broke through the barriers and found their passion. So I'm Beth, a speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life and your business forward. So now I want to learn more about successful entrepreneurs, what makes them tick, and what it took for them to get to today. My guests are well on their way to becoming the best in their industry. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible. We'll be bringing you personal revealing conversations on Behind the Spotlight. Renee went from being a teen mom to earning her graduate degree from USC. She also accomplished all of her major goals on her own, but really at the most imperfect time. Today, she works with women in leadership roles, focusing on techniques to up-level their own unique leadership style and strengthen their visibility so they too can be heard, seen, and respected in the workplace. So listen how Renee went from teen mom to successful entrepreneur and all the bumps along the way. Renee, I am so excited that you're here. Okay, so everyone needs to know that I fell in love with Renee when we roomed together in Puerto Rico. We were in KBB together, right? I don't even, do you remember how we connected? Did you fell in love with me before? I was like, I I take that back. I did. You're you're right. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But was it just finding a roommate? Was that how we connected? I think we connected prior to wanting to find a roommate mm-hmm. and you know like minds no matter if we're on other sides of the continent we still connected <laughs> and then when it came time to look for roommates it was like a right. natural progression that it was obvious that we were going to be roommates <laughs> yes and it was it was it's so nice to meet somebody online and then be with them and be like oh not only are they the same person but <laughs> We still clicked really well, and I still, yeah. and I want to be with you. I, I, you know, we got to room with Holly McCure, which is, she's amazing. Do you know she had her baby? Yes, I saw pictures. And, and a little girl, like the sweetest little face ever, just like her other daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were definitely um, in cahoots from the beginning. Yes, it was, it was just so much fun. And then when you get to be in a different country and you get to yeah. have these amazing experiences with, with new people, it definitely makes it memorable. And we just create like magic. We did. We had so much fun. And there were not lots of, I wonder, we, there were not lots of cocktails. Just saying, there were not lots and lots no. of cocktails. No, because I had no voice. Right. Oh, and my, <laughs> my back was hurting me. So we, we actually had a lot of fun and we connected. But since then, I really want to acknowledge you for, we were supporting each other we've done a little our own mastermind for a while now and we're really helping each other um but i wanted to bring you on because you have such an interesting in-depth story that i don't that i know that people don't know that i know that i know the rest of the world doesn't know that's that's true we're letting the cat out of the box here breaking news (laughs) and you know i i was never in real i don't I don't know if it's not real corporate America. I did work for corporations, but I was a TV producer. So it's not like Mm -hmm. I sat at a desk every day and had had big meetings. So I find that part fascinating. But I also find that I um, gravitate towards people that were from corporate America. Oh, how interesting. 
Oh, interesting. Well, it's probably because we have that same mindset where it's like you, you just get shit done and you make things <laughs> happen and we're powerful women at the same time. So that's something that you don't always find. You don't always find people, find women who are strong and comfortable in their own skin. A hundred percent. And I, and I think that you and I really work on being authentic and real. I think we're talking about a little yeah. bit ago about how, you know, sometimes you go on Instagram or on social media and it's perfect. Oh girl, and- don't get me started. <laughs> oh, like when we don't want to see that and it's, and it really is this it's getting really under my skin as I had shared with you earlier. It just, we live in a world where it really is about authenticity right now and we are being sheltered and I don't want to see your perfect Instagram handle with all your perfect curated colors and your branding. (laughs) Like look how awesome I am. Look how great my life is. I mean, I guess that probably works for them, but for the, I don't know, us people Uh like me who are like, I'm just, you know, trying to live my best life and I'm trying to be real and authentic and I want to make a lasting impression. I want my legacy not to be, look at my branded colors on my Instagram handle and how it's all color coordinated. (laughs) I want it to be, I made a difference in women's life where they have an impact, not just for themselves, but for people that they are surrounded by, their families, their peers, their business uh, um, teammates, just the, the positive impact that we can have. And it doesn't come from your Instagram no. curated handle. <laughs> no, I think it comes from the heart and it comes from where you come from. Like, do you, yes. do, you, do you know where that comes from, from you? Like, why do you need to make that impact or help other I, women make that impact? Yes, I love that question. Yes, thanks for asking. So I feel for me, it comes from where I know exactly where it comes from, but I didn't always know. You know, I lived a life that wasn't orthodox. It wasn't what people assume it to be. And I really been doing a really good job keeping it under wraps and, and not letting people know. But it wasn't always easy. And then I got to a point in my life where I was like, do I really want my whole life to be for nothing or do I want it to be for, it was for a reason. And I'm going to use all that heartache, all the headaches, all the pain and suffering and turn it into something positive so others can learn from it. So that's why I became very passionate because I didn't want everything I went through to be for nothing. That's really powerful, Renee. Like I, and I know what you're talking about, but I didn't know that, that part, that piece of it. Um, Mm. Can you talk a little bit more about like what, what was going on in your life that it almost like you had a come to Jesus moment. Like I'm like, I'm either going to go this way and it's going to work. I'm going to go this way and we'll see what happens. Yeah, there was definitely a fork. I actually, there's several, I have a collection of forks, (laughs) (laughs) several forks in the road. I have a collection, but the latest one was where I, I hit my own personal glass ceiling. And we hear that phrase a lot and the glass ceiling can mean different things. For me, it was, I gone as far as I know I could with the tools that I had within me. And I kept being shut down. And I didn't have a role model, a female strong woman around me to look up to, to see like, how is she breaking through? How is she standing authentic in her leadership? What is she doing to not be swayed by others? And I have literally like lost my voice at the table. 
I didn't know how to speak up for myself anymore. I didn't know how to lead with authenticity because I had spent the past 20 years being shut down. So no matter how many degrees I eventually end up getting, how many certifications I got, I was still made to feel small. Oh, can you take us back to a moment? Like what, what were you doing? Where were you? Were you? Yes, I was. I was, I I landed my dream job. Like it doesn't get any better. I was like, I made it. I just finished my master's degree in business. I got my dream job. I was making more money than I've ever made. I was getting an insane bonus package. It was just amazing. But I was still being made to feel like, Renee, you're not enough. Renee, are you sure you are cut out for this? And they because I never spoke up and I never, and I did not create my boundaries. And I just wrote about that today on how important it is for us women to have healthy boundaries. Well, I had none. So I allowed everyone to walk all over me and I didn't know who to talk to. Oh, if for most organizations, if you are a female, you cannot share what you're going through. If you work under the same roof, because they will use it against you. So I was silenced again. So, wait, wait, wait. I, so what is that? So I didn't work in corporate. What does that mean? Like, th- so my, yeah. my imagining like you, you know, you're working in an office with all these people. So maybe you're having a bad day and you can't talk about it or it's something. It's not even a bad day. It's a bad situation. It's a bad scenario. And I had a, a peer who I confided in. I'm like, this, the, I'm being asked so much and the pressure was coming out that when I finally finished a project, I just broke down and I'm like, I'm crying and I have no idea why. And it's because I was holding so much stress and I was confiding with my female peer what I was experiencing. Well, she went to my boss and said, oh, I don't think Renee's cut out for the job. It's too <gasps> much. No. Yes. What a bitch. Right. And she was, it's, and that was the trend though. When you get into these higher level positions, wow. other women, honestly, and I don't want to say everybody cause it's not true, but no, my no, experience no. is right. women don't want to see other women climb that corporate ladder and be successful because they feel like if you get that position, you just took it away from me. So I'm going to do everything wow. I can to hold you down that ladder so I can climb over you so I can stomple over you. And this was in what, like, how long ago was this? This was, honestly, this was only three years ago. Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this was like 10 years ago and things have changed. But, you know, I, because I worked in TV, I never worked in that environment. It was like, okay, here's a camera, go. There was never that. You know, yeah, it was, it was only three years ago. So wow. I, that's what I was saying. I had no one to confide in. I had no role model to look up to. So the fork in the road came when I went to a few women leadership conferences. And I'm like, I can share with them what I have going on because they don't know me. So they can't harm me with this information. So I felt very comfortable sharing it with them. And I was pleasantly surprised to hear that they all like raised their hands not literally but they raised their hands saying like me too I'm suffering the same thing with my male colleagues and there's nobody talking to us there's no one educating us there's no one on our side giving us giving us the tools the resources that we need so we can stand in our authentic leadership so we can be heard seen and respected so we can use our voice at the table there's nobody helping us and these are women who were also professionals. They were doctors. They were lawyers. They were women who were also on boards and they didn't feel that they had a voice at the table. 
I, I'm literally nauseous. Like I just am. Like I, I, I've taken my glasses off. Like I d- honestly didn't realize that this was still happening. I, I, I yeah. honestly thought it was something that didn't happen anymore. And if like you're a doctor, you made it. But I see, you know, we're all real people. I, mm-hmm. I was talking, I was on a podcast earlier and I was like, they were asking about celebrities and I was like, everyone poops. Like, <laughs> like what? Everyone poops. So, you right? think, you know, so no matter what level you're at, you mm-hmm. know, you still face these things and we're seeing the yes. imposter syndrome, you know, yes. not being good enough, the why me kind of stuff. Yes. Um, you know, I deal with entrepreneurs every day that have those questions, but I really, I don't, I didn't understand um, what it meant in corporate America. Yeah. And a lot of women, we don't talk about it because we don't want, we can't show vulnerability. We can't show weakness. So we, the imposter syndrome is real where we just, we just find a way to keep it together and we now, we don't let anybody know. And unfortunately, when we do that, we also don't let anyone help us. And we need help. I know. So it takes someone. So that was my fork in the road when I actually shared my story. People connected with it and they said, and I guess it has to do why you and I connected. They're like, (laughs) your personality, you need to be that person to help us because there is no one else doing it. And I was like, oh, hell to the no. No, and no. You're, you're, you are helping those people and you're, and you're giving them a different way to do things. Yeah, but at that point, I was still, you know, at that point, Beth, I was still the corporate girl. I had this image in my head. I had this identity. And, and we, you talk about visibility. My visibility, my identity was this corporate woman who, who grew in her career, who is educated, who went to, who got the right degree, went to the right school, worked at the right places. That was my identity. So who am I without that? Who am I to help people? Like, it was just, it was, it was a hot mess. That was a fork. That was a messy fork. It was a big fork. I like, I like the messy fork. That's really interesting. But I, you know, I think that that comes from somewhere like that, or I guess that's more of a question. Do you think that it's your unorthodox background and what you went through that allowed you to be in that space? Because I love you. And I listened to you and I was like, I'd never be like that. I don't know if I don't really know that that's the answer. I want to hope that I would be like that. Um, but what do you think? Well, I think that unorthodox, yes. But I also know like nothing in my life ever was like standard. It's not like, oh, these, these are the rules that you follow. And this is the, the road that you take. And this, these are the, the steps that you take. It was always a rocky mountain that had ups and downs, twists and turns, dead ends. And so I always was able to be really good at just adopting myself to the situation and adapting to what is being thrown at me. Right. And because of that, and I think I could probably help more women if I start sharing more of my story, but it's really, it's a, it's a vulnerability thing. And like, do you really want to put yourself out there, Renee? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's like, if, you, if I'm going to tell it, you know, I really want to put thought into telling how, so it has an impact on others. And it's not me just being another person with noise. No. And I feel like when you do actually open up that part of the story and you, and you let your audience in to actually see the real you. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast with you and with my other guests, because there's so many, there's so much riches, there's so much richness in yes. our stories. And, you know, I've been starting to share what I've been through in the last three years and the trauma that I've been through. And not only am I feeling better about it, 
and feeling like I can share it more, the feedback that I've been getting is continue sharing. And mm-hmm. I'm going to help somebody else. You know, I got, I did get a message from somebody that this helped me and I cried because I was like, what? Because they're trusting you. They're tr- yeah, they're trusting me. And I think that when, we share that when we share those stories, they yeah. make you trust us. Because I'm listening to your story and I did everything I was supposed to do. I went to high school. I went to college. I met somebody after school. I had a baby. You know, like I really followed that track mm-hmm. until I had kids and I was like, wait a minute. I want to yeah. be a, a different example for these kids. I want to mm-hmm. show them that you can take different paths to get to the, wherever your, your, your goal is. So uh-huh. You don't need to take the path that everyone else takes and you can take the path the way that you need to take it. Because I think that's really interesting. And I think that's something you did. Yeah. I mean, my life, again, unorthodox. I, I, there, everything how I wanted my life to be was not. And, but I still came through. So it all is for a reason. And I feel like I definitely have a great platform now to be able to share my experiences because there are still women out there who are like looking for help. And the people that they're finding are the ones that are like, they can't relate to their pain points because they never experienced it. Well, that's and, where that authenticity comes in, like, and yes. that connection, like, oh, Renee did that? That that happened to Renee? Me too. Yeah. And I don't tell anybody either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I, I can because she gave me permission. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And being able to have that vulnerability with them where like I know exactly what you're feeling and it's different to just share with someone like oh just do this this and that and it'll be fine but (laughs) if you don't know like what they're really feeling and like how does that feel to be shut down how does that feel to be disrespected in front of executives how does that feel to be made to feel small it's not this you know that the what you share is going to be so different when you can relate to it versus like textbook advice a hundred percent and what it feels like to feel small and how you've out what your outcome is and how you've gotten around it um i mean we've been talking a lot about imposter syndrome um, yes I'm, I'm in a facebook messenger group with a with a bunch of girls and somebody wrote today she was feeling like an imposter and she gave her you know what was going on and i was like me too and i wrote what was going on for me and then there's six of us everybody wrote today how they were feeling like an imposter i feel like we all feel like that at times we all, we all do. And I notice that comes in a lot when we, again, we don't, we're not, I, we're not in tune with our values. We don't have those healthy boundaries set up and we're not surrounding ourselves with what I call our board of directors. You do a really good job with surrounding yourself with people that really will elevate you and really push you to your greatness. But when you don't have that and you have people around you who who are trying to bring you down or not allowing you to grow, we start to play a role that is not true to us. And then we get overwhelmed by it too. So the imposter syndrome comes in where like, well, then who do you think you are? Look who's around you. They're not doing anything. Why are you trying to change? Who do you think you are to try to change? And that's why it's so important to have what I call our board of directors. And they don't have to be your friends, but they have to play a role just like you being the CEO of your life. When you have a business, the, your board of directors are not your friends, but you strategically place people in your, on your board of directors who play a role for your success. So that goes back to the, the five people you spend the most time with. So Yes. Yeah, it's the same thing. Those are a different set of group. Your board of directors, another set of five or six people. 
Um, there's people who you think like, oh my gosh, these are my ride or die people. But then you have to think, are you saying that just because you've been friends with them for 20 years? <laughs> you know, are they, are they really your ride or die? Or are you just holding on to the friendship you had 20 years ago? And they're really not bringing value anymore. So there's so many different situations that come in play when it comes to imposter syndrome. And that's why we have to be really in tune with like, what's our goals? What's our values? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? And then like, what's our story? What makes us different? And for me, I had imposter syndrome my whole career. I was playing under the radar. I didn't want to be found out that I wasn't, I didn't do like how your path was. I didn't like graduate high school. I didn't go straight into college. I didn't, you know, travel, you know, find the the perfect job, grow my career. Like that wasn't my path. And I didn't want people to know that because they saw me differently than who I really was. So I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let the cat out of the hat. I'm not going to let them know who I really am and what my path really was. I'm going to just let, let them believe what they want to believe because it's a better version than, than the truth. And, and you, it's a different version. I wouldn't say it's a better version because for me, knowing how you didn't graduate high school and, but you do have your master's and there's a whole story that I'd love for you to share in between there, but that you felt like if they really knew what I did, they wouldn't see me the same, but they yeah. and they wouldn't see you as more because I see you as more knowing that story. Well, I didn't want them to see me as not their equal. Interesting. So I so I didn't graduate high school because I got pregnant at seven, pregnant at sixteen, had my son at seventeen. So until I think I was thirty six or thirty seven, where I finally said I'm going to go back to night school. I have no idea what, what, why I even thought that. I don't even know why I did that. I have no idea. I think I just got tired of playing small. You knew you and were knew, more. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then again, I had no role models. I had no one encouraging me. It was just me. <laughs> and so I went and got my high school diploma, not my GED, because I felt like, well, if I ever won the lottery, if I married someone rich, I could then go to college. So I didn't want having a GED hinder that chance. So I, I, I think I spent a year going to night school, taking the state required tests, passing them. And now all that was left was to marry a rich man or win the lottery. And just to let everybody know, <laughs> neither of them happened, but I still got to go to college. <laughs> oh, I would say you did win the lottery with your husband, though. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> you know, we need to keep a little bit of in check. So, tell me about your master's degree. What is it in? Um, so my master's degree is in business, and so about just to kind of backtrack a little bit, the fork in the road. So visibility, I, I went back to get my high school di diploma. The fork in the road was again. I said I wanted to marry a marry, marry a rich man or win win the lottery. Well, the way I got to go to college is I got fired from my job because I was a vocal person, not vocal and bad, but vocal and like I'm not going to be swayed to do something that's out of integrity. And because I stood my ground, I got fired for it, and they found a reason to let me go. But that's what allowed me the opportunity to go to college is like, oh, the state pays for you to go to college. I, I went to community school at first and just did my core classes there. But if I never got fired, I never would have went to college because that was my opening. So like that was a fork in the road. So when I got, I 
finished community college. I transferred over to a university. And I'm like, well, heck, I'm on a roll. What, what other school can I go into? Because obviously I can get into anything. So what's a good business school? I did my research. I'm like, oh, USC, University of Southern California. That was the only place I applied to because I just was cocky now. I'm like, well, of course they're going to accept me. I'm awesome. Yeah. And I just kept calling and calling them for eight months, you know, waiting for them to accept me. And then the way I found out is I get a call. They're like, oh, are you going to pay your bill? I'm like, what bill? Oh, yeah, you got to pay $2,000 to enroll into the course. I'm like, did I get accepted? <laughs> and they're like, yes. Wait, why didn't you know you got accepted? You never called me and told me. I never got a letter, never got an email, never got a phone call. So funny. But you were calling them for eight months to get the answer. Yeah, yeah. So the, the way they called me was the billing department to pay my bill. <laughs> but let's go back to that cockiness. Like, Where do you think that came from to give you that confidence? Because a lot of women would be like, okay, I got, I got the degree okay, I went to community college, now I can, I'm still feeling less than, but I at least have the piece of paper. And then to go on to your master's, what, like, what was going on for you in that? So at that time, I was working and I just felt like, wow, I'm on a roll. <laughs> Let's keep this momentum going. I feel like now who I always saw myself as, I was now becoming that person. So there was no way I wanted to stop that growth because I was finally becoming that person that I always knew from a little girl who I could become but never thought it was possible. I didn't think stuff like that happened to someone like me. That the opportunities to really step into my greatness, step into who I'm supposed to be, step into my purpose. And we don't, I didn't grow up hearing words about leadership, your purpose, entrepreneurship, business. Those were words that were never used in my household, but I always knew that I was meant to be a business person. I knew I was meant for something great, but because I didn't grow up hearing those words, I didn't know what it looked like. So you so I had it for yourself. I had, yeah. So I just had this vision. So when I was able to now accomplish things I never thought would be possible for me, I was like, I want to keep this going because I know I'm meant for more. What does that look like? I have no idea, but I'm going to keep allowing the process to go. So that's why I decided to go get my master's immediately after I finished because I'm like, I don't, I don't want people to find out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I you know. That. And I think that I find it interesting that you knew from a young age, you knew you were meant for more because yes. I come to it from, I know I can do more. Mm. You know, I know, I know if I, you know, I look at my, what I've accomplished and I'm like, well, if I can accomplish that doing just this or just being here, Imagine what you can accomplish being there and doing that. I don't know why I'm thinking about why. Like, it, you know, the I guess the messages that we got growing up sounded like they were different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I do strive to have, I don't have that. I'm going to be this kind of thing. It's kind of more like I can accomplish this and look at the impact I can make. It's, it's this, the same coin. It's just different sides. I find that really. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And now I'm on that side. I'm on the same coin, same coin side <laughs> as you now where I'm really about like, you know, I went through a lot on way more than people will ever suspect because they, you know, I only show one version and we're so multi, you know, faceted that 
we only should we only want to show our best side hence the instagram handles where they just show like look at my perfectly curated branded colors and how perfectly i pose look how great i look in my workout outfits look at my cute purse like <laughs> and I, you know when you say that i'm like and they're all 30 you know i know <laughs> seriously these kids <laughs> i know but you know I, I do imagine what or i do ponder not imagine what it would be like if I was 25, 30 years old and had the power of social media be more instinctual and be more of how I grew up and how that would have, how, the, how that, just having that would have changed the trajectory of what we both do. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if you heard, but I've also heard, you know, like the people who were influencers are losing that momentum because it's all, it's all about like, authenticity right now, okay. because we're like, we're just we're hungry for real authenticity right now. And we're, people who are influencers like that we don't have space for that because we're just hungry for connecting with real people right now and having real connections and growth together and I'm like wow that for you and I this is a great <laughs> place for us to be because we're like no one can see us but if you saw what we look like right now oh, oh no. <laughs> good what we look like we, we're beautiful on the inside and the <laughs> we are beautiful yes in the inside but we're and the out. <laughs> But I, you know, I have, I have two kids, they're 16 and 18, and I see their friends and their community and what they're a part of, and it's very much about expressing your feelings. I'm so happy to see that. That's awesome. I, I'm a Pisces, and I've always expressed my feelings, and I did feel for a long time that nobody wanted to hear it. See, that's so funny. I'm a Pisces, too, and I'm the opposite. Yeah. I, I didn't know, know you were a Pisces. Feelings. Yeah. Like different risings or different mm -hmm. moons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm because I'm the opposite. I do, I never express my feelings at all. <laughs> but I think it's allowed me to be seen um, as authentic and real. You know, when yeah. I in that it's in that way. vulnerability, then yeah. that's something I know I gravitated towards with you that you are so vulnerable <laughs> that I'm messy. <laughs> <laughs> but you allow us that you allow you know us the opportunity to connect to that vulnerability versus connecting to like look how great my brand is. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I, and then when I see people like that, I just want to know who you really are. Um, and I think that people really knowing what you struggled with in that, you know, when you get, when you tell that story, I'm like, well, I probably would have never gotten my high school degree and I'd be working at wherever. Like that's not, I don't see myself having that much confidence, gusto, drive. And I didn't have that vision of I could be more. Um, like you were mm -hmm. saying, I, you know, it was, yeah. a, little, it was a little easier for me. Um, so I really appreciate you not only sharing that struggle um, and being you. open about it. And I implore you to please share more because I know there's more. I, oh, there's, a, there's a lot more working on it. Steps. Baby steps. You will. Baby. So how did you go from that job where you felt small and didn't feel seen mm -hmm. to, where, yeah. to being able to really help those same people? Tell me a little bit more about yes. what you did. So again, I have a collection of forks and a fork was again, this dream job that I had. And I had a boss who he used to be the CFO and the organization had went through a buyout. So he got trans, he got transitioned into a lesser position into project management, which was not his forte. He was a CFO. My gosh. So he knows finance. He knows, you know, how to work numbers. He knows spreadsheets. Well, I, my background isn't finance, it's business, but I can work with numbers, but not at the level of, of a finance person. Right. That's just, that's not my background. It's not my degree. It's not my experience. And this is what he kept expecting of me. And of course I, I couldn't 
measure up to that because that's not my background. It wasn't what I wasn't hired to be a finance person. Right. So it, you know, we kind of went, got to a place where I was fed up and I literally, I had a pin in my hand. He called me to his office and I knew where this was going. And I literally just threw up my arms. I dropped the pin. I said, I'm out. I'm done. I had no plan. None. I had no freaking idea what I was going to do. I just knew I was done. I'm like, I was working probably 17 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop for over a year. And he was still telling me I wasn't performing. He was telling me that people were complaining. But if I was a male, I'd been doing a rock star job and I'd be climbing that corporate ladder. But being a female, I was being told, oh, you're not enough. People are complaining. They don't like the way you're communicating. And I knew none of it was true. I just knew it's because I was a female in this type of a position where it wasn't seen in a positive way because I was a female and not a male. And I know that to be true. So I was just done. And I just said, I'm done. This is my last day. And he's like, well, do you want to finish out the week? I said, no, I'm done. Like right here and there. I'll come back tomorrow and pick up my last check. I'm done. I had no backup plan. But I know that that the universe had planted people prior to that fork in the road, prior to that planting seeds. Renee, you could be more. You, you should be a business owner. Renee, we need, we need someone like you to help us. Renee, we're suffering and we are feeling like we're in this alone and no one is out there giving us what we need to be successful women. So I knew all these random women who did not know each other kept saying the same thing. So I knew I had that. Okay. Again, no backup plan. So I'm like, well, do I need to get another degree in entrepreneurship? Like I have no idea. Cause again, that wasn't the word I grew up hearing. So I had no idea. What does that mean? I, I didn't know. So that was a fork in the road that I just literally threw up my arms, dropped my pin on the desk and said, I'm done. I'm out. Well, and it was bully for you. Cause that's freaking amazing that you had yeah, that. It's bonkers. It's cuckoo crazy that I did it. Yeah, it is. And that's just because I had I had enough faith in me that I knew I was meant for more and I knew I could do more and I didn't deserve to be treated like this. No, no one deserves to be treated like that. But I totally yeah. agree because I love you and know you that you are destined for more. Thank and I know you. you help a lot of people. I know before the pandemic, you were doing meetups. What, what yes. were they called with the wine? Wine Down Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, there were, yeah, my fireside chats and we'd meet at a winery and it was just a great way to just build community and chat over wine. Cause wine is part of me. I love wine. One of your so. pillars. I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell us if you could tell everybody now what, so what are you doing now and how they can find you? Yeah. So right now I'm really focused on still women who are in their career wanting to grow in their leadership. And also I'm now focusing on successful business owners, successful female business owners who want to grow in their leadership. Just because we have a business doesn't mean that we are necessarily armed with the right tools and resources on how to be leaders, how to be mentors, how do we empower our teams so that they feel that they can stretch their wings and they can 
take the necessary positive risk to grow, not just for themselves, but grow the organization. That's a skill set that they don't teach you in business school. And when you're a female business owner, it's really hard to even share that vulnerability with other people because you don't want people to think, oh, your business is not successful. Right. <laughs> You have weaknesses. Oh. So, I really, so I'm really focused on that, that business owner who really wants to just level up her skill set, level up her self-leadership so she okay. has that awareness and the confidence and the efficacy right now. And efficacy is about change, change management. How do I go from a brick and mortar to virtual? How do I lead my team virtually and still be there empowering them, mentoring them? How do I be a role model for them virtually when I don't know how to do it? So that's who I'm working. That's who I'm serving. And I'm having so much fun doing it because I get to see the growth, the way I teach and, and I and the way I coach and mentor, it's all about real, real world scenarios, situations, fast action. Okay, this is what's going on here. Boom, boom, boom. Try this. There you go. The next day I hear feedback. Yes, that worked. That didn't work. But I, then I tried this and then that worked. And then they feel so empowered. They feel like they can stand up stronger. They feel like they can, they're not going to be swayed. Their, their, their feet are planted strongly in the ground and they're very confident now on who they are, how they're showing up and they continue to grow. And I love that I get to be a part of that journey with them. Well, and I know that your clients, I've met some of your clients and they're very grateful that you're, having, that you're there for them and supporting them. Yes. Where can the audience find you? Yeah, so you can find me. We've been talking about Instagram, <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram. It's Empowered Coach, very easy, all one word. You can find me on Facebook, which is my first and last name, Renee Dominguez, and also on LinkedIn, type in Empowered Coach, and you can find me there. So everyone, go find Empowered Coach, because no matter if you're corporate or not corporate, her message is so strong and helps everybody. So to finish up, our last question is, what three words would you use to describe your life's journey? My life's journey, three words. Wow, I wasn't prepared for that. That's um, what I asked at the end. <laughs> messy. Messy. Empowered. Mm-hmm. Purposeful. I love that. And I love you. Renee, thank oh, you I love so you too. Much. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Everyone go find Renee all over social media so that you too can be empowered by the coaching yes. offers. Thanks so much, babe. Bye. Thank you.